Grace and peace be with you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. It may not seem like it just yet, but we're gradually getting more daylight in our lives. We're emerging from the darkest part of the year whenever seconds, minutes, and eventually hours are incrementally added to our days. And it comes at such a slow pace that it often goes unnoticed, but it's happening nonetheless. We have more daylight today than we did yesterday. It's in the very fabric of creation. We have this very simple reminder of God's work in the world through Jesus. Whenever we survey the landscape of our lives in our world, especially if we spend too much time on social media, guilty, it seems that the darkness of sin, death, and the devil is advancing on all fronts. Anybody else notice that? Good. You're in good company, right? Today's gospel lesson reminds us to take heart. Just as the days grow cumulatively longer without us even noticing, so too does the kingdom of God advance upon the world in often unseen ways. The light has a way of breaking through, even the tiniest of cracks. Jesus went to live in a fishing village called Capernaum early in his ministry. It was a tactical maneuver against the forces of darkness. John the Baptist had been arrested by Herod, and it was time for the Messiah to pick up where the baptizer left off in this public preaching of the word. But he was going to do so in an area that was further away from Herod's influence. Not only was our Lord being strategic because his hour of dying had not yet come, but he was also fulfilling the prophecy of Scripture. The evangelist Matthew quotes from our Old Testament lesson this morning in the book of Isaiah, where the prophet foretells that light would shine on a land of darkness, particularly the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali. The town of Capernaum was situated right on the border of those two territories and would be the place where the light began to shine. But why were those territories considered dark in the first place? Well, from Israel's perspective, those places were associated with the judgment of God because the Assyrian Empire was permitted to come in and to wreck shop. They were permitted to come in and wipe the northern kingdom off the map. The Israelites in those territories had been mostly carted off, exported into pagan lands. And in their place, lots of people from the foreign nations were imported in. And by the time of Matthew's writing, those territories were a mixed bag of some Jews, but mostly Gentiles, who either worshipped foreign gods or worshipped the true God, but in forbidden ways. This is why it was considered dark. It was dark in terms of revelation, God's speaking through his word, through his prophets and his scriptures. The psalmist says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Where God's word is not proclaimed, there is darkness. At the end of Matthew 4, we see that the that darkness had manifested itself physically as people were coming to Jesus and they had these diseases of every kind along with people who were not only diseased but were also demonically possessed. It's indicative of a, 
of a world of darkness corrupted by sin. What do we see whenever we look upon our own land? Do we see a land of light? We see great darkness. We see manifestations of that darkness as we struggle with bodily ailments and diseases. And not only are they difficult to deal with, but they remind us that things are not quite right with the world and things shouldn't be this way. These are the effects of sin. Not necessarily our own sins, but it's the effects of living in a fallen world corrupted by sin to which you and I all contribute. We see the darkness spread as more and more people buy into the delusions of popular culture and turn away from the Christian faith, abandoning their churches and their Bibles. We see the devil having a field day in our left-hand kingdom institutions that are meant to bring about order and peace, our government, our schools. He's even having his way in many church bodies today as key doctrines are abandoned or key doctrines are revised in an attempt to appease our godless culture. We want to reach the world, the thinking goes. And so what we end up doing is gutting our own religion so that we can offer the world something that it can find anywhere else. We don't have to look all that hard to find the darkness. It's self-evident to Christians. As for the unbelieving world, the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, the God of this world, the devil, has blinded their minds to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. The devil and his armies are no joke. He is a defeated foe, but he remains a dangerous one. And he is intent on seeing the darkness of unbelief spread to the far corners of this world, even to the nooks and the crannies of our neighborhoods in our homes. He wants to do everything that he can to snatch away the hope that you have in Christ. He wants to snuff out your children's faith and see to it that they are deprived of God's word. He wants to use every tool in his tool belt, from sickness and health, pleasure and pain, Riches and poverty, it doesn't matter, all of it's fair game and he wants to use it to get you to craft false gods and to get you to turn away from the true God. He wants to rob you of the light of Christ and drag you straight back into the kingdom of darkness. And while scripture gives us a very sobering dose of reality, and it gives it to us straight about the diagnosis here, about how hopeless and how dim our situation is, our gospel lesson will not leave us there. We see in the ministry of Jesus the light of God shining upon mankind. And it begins with his word of proclamation as he picks up where John the baptizer left off, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in the person of Jesus, not only was it at hand, it was actually here. In the preaching and proclamation of Jesus, the word made flesh, the kingdom is here. In other words, wherever the light is, the darkness cannot stay. Romans says, the night is far gone, the day is at hand. 
So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. That's repentance. That's saying, no, I don't belong to the devil. I am not his child, nor a child of the dark. I belong to Christ through his word of promise. And because I belong to him and because he has brought me into his kingdom, I put away these dark and ugly things because they are not fitting for a child of light. That's what that means. We see the light of God shining in Jesus as he calls the first disciples unto himself, these two sets of brothers who immediately lay aside their nets and follow him. And not only does Jesus call these guys in a general sense as believers, disciples, Christians, but he would eventually give them a unique call to be his apostles. They would be his Christ bearers, bringing the light of Jesus to the world through the message of the gospel. They would all go on to face down the darkness and even die martyrs' deaths, all save one, Because they knew that it was a new dawn, that it was a new day. Nothing was going to stop the light of the gospel from getting through. Nothing was going to prevail against the kingdom of God as Jesus was breaking in and advancing upon the world. They had the promise of their Lord who had pledged to always be with them, to never leave nor forsake them to lead them even though he was going to be risen and ascended. Jesus had turned them into fishers of men, and because Jesus gave them a new identity, you and I, church, have been caught in their nets. We see the light of God shining in Jesus, as not only does he bring the word of God to bear on the darkness, revealing God and all of his glory to the nations, but as he also heals those who are brought to him. And as he casts out every demonic spirit. We prayed in our collect this morning. Almighty and everlasting God. Mercifully look upon our infirmities. And stretch forth the hand of your majesty. To heal and defend us. The same Jesus who healed every kind of disease. And cast out every kind of demon. Went to the cross to deal with Satan's sin and death. And all their effects. So that he could deliver to us the promise of a future kingdom without any of those things. And his works in those days near the Sea of Galilee, they were all preparatory to show all of his people the future blessings of the kingdom of God that will come in their fullness on the last day. But sometimes... That future kingdom breaks in here and now as we receive healing according to his will. And it's why we're free to pray in this way, by the way. We commend all of our infirmities of both body and soul, all of our illnesses into the hands of our great physician. We commend ourselves to the one who guards us against the evil one and all of his attacks, to the one who stretches out his hand to heal and to defend us. No doubt, in Jesus' early ministry, the light began to shine. The land of great darkness 
in the early days of ministry saw that light. And that light would pick up steam, as you'll notice throughout the season of Epiphany as we approach the Lenten season. That light is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's going to pick up steam and climax with his serpent-crushing death on the cross and his hell-defeating resurrection, ultimately proving that the light of this gospel will never be overcome. Well, that was then. This is now. Where do we look to see the light shining in the darkness? How is the light of Christ brought to bear on this darkened world when Jesus is no longer physically walking the streets of Galilee and Jesus is no longer visiting the wharfs and the marinas of Capernaum? Is there an outpost of the kingdom of light that we can take refuge in and through which we can be built up in the struggle against the darkness? What do you think? Yes, there is. And it's in the unlikeliest of places. It's in the midst of sinners. It's in Jesus' people, his church. You and me. You see, it was no accident that Jesus called his first disciples that day. He was doing something new. Something that was critical to his mission to dispel the darkness. He was building a new people. A new Israel. His holy Christian church. And these people, his special people, would be made holy by his word and his sacraments as they gather around Jesus through these means. And through these means, Jesus shines the light of his gospel upon his holy people who are then sent out into a world of darkness bearing the light of Christ. The disciples did that. I'd say they had a pretty good haul. Here you are. You can trace your discipleship in Christ all the way back to the ministry of the apostles. It's an unbroken link. Of, uh, it's an unbroken chain, I should say. Here you are. You've been called to follow Jesus just as they were. You're here this morning to put on the armor of light, to hear from Christ, your leader. And you're here to feast on his body and blood, which give you aid against the darkness of the world, the flesh, and the devil. You are here because the light has broken into your life, even the tiniest of cracks. And even where you don't want it to break in, oh, it's breaking in. It's coming. Consider the reaction of the disciples as Jesus called them. Did they twiddle their thumbs? Did they dilly-dally? Lollygag? Uh, whenever I was a baseball player growing up, that's what the coach would always say. Quit lollygagging! The disciples did not do any of those things. No, it's because whenever Jesus calls you, when he calls you, he doesn't intend to be just a nice little addition to what you've already got going on in your life. He doesn't intend to be just an accessory to you. It means that you belong to him now. And the darkness cannot stay. It means that you are no longer following the dim course of this world and it's God, but you are now raised with Christ. And you follow him wherever he goes. You hang out wherever Jesus hangs out, which is with his people, 
by the way. As strange as his people can be, that's where Jesus likes to be. And it means that through you, the light of Christ shines upon the world wherever he has placed you. Your vocation is now a means through which Jesus wants to catch people and bring them out of darkness and into his marvelous light through the word of the cross, as the Apostle Paul says in our epistle today. Well, it doesn't feel much like the light is prevailing. It doesn't feel like the kingdom of heaven is winning or advancing upon the darkness. Church attendance and membership are rapidly declining in our culture. Uh, Our culture continues to grow more godless by the day. It seems like evil wins on every level of society. The days are dark. But check your calendar. If you can, measure the lengthening of the days. Little by little. Seconds, minutes, hours, the daylight gets added. Now look at the ministry of Jesus as he is at work through his church, as we bring the light of the gospel into our communities and into our neighborhoods. Little by little, brothers and sisters, the kingdom of God breaks in. The light has a way of getting through even the tiniest of cracks. And where the light of Jesus shines through, The darkness cannot stay. In the name of our Lord, amen.